Hey, what's up? It's episode 75, Pain Points of Wealth, and the war intensifies in Ukraine. As interest rates are moving higher, markets are all over the place. Volatility is insane right now, and lots of questions about the economy, about the price of commodities, the price of oil. Is it going to put us into a recession? We're hearing a lot of talk about that. We're going to give you our vantage point today, how to play it, how to invest your portfolio, and we're going to talk about how do you set goals for your financial independence? What do you need to be thinking about psychologically? How do you put that plan in place? How do you start to think about what goals are realistic, unrealistic? We got a great show. Let's hop to it. Hit the music. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth, giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod, Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. Boy, oh boy, guys, what a year 2022 has been, right? We got the Ukraine war continues, got NATO putting on unprecedented sanctions against an economy as large as Russia, unprecedented, never done before. You got oil going through the roof, but other commodities going with it. You look at wheat, cotton, copper. It's unreal what's going on right now. And the thing that's really shocking to me, markets hold up really well. You know, Dad, I thought the only inflation was Ryan's ego, but it turns out that we're actually experiencing real inflation. And, you know, in talking to my clients this week, I have a client down in Florida. He's got a boat and he was complaining about how much it's costing to fill up his boat. And I said, the only thing you're worried about is filling up your boat. You're doing okay. It is all relative, right? It is all relative. I have to be honest, at almost 8% inflation, which we saw this past week, I mean, that's in line with how much my ego grows on an hourly basis. So compounded. Close. It's very close. But it is interesting, right? Because you know the one thing we've hated in our portfolio for a decade, we own commodities in our portfolio for 10 years. Every client hated them. We used to stay there and cry because they would do nothing year after year. And just with the snap of a finger, like if you look at the price of commodities, they've gone parabolic just like that. And again, that's why diversification is so important because you just never know when a market's going to move. No one could have predicted ahead of time that this pandemic was going to cause really a commodity boom and then get exacerbated by the fact that Russia invaded Ukraine. Like You can't predict these things ahead of time. You just got to own a lot of different stuff in your portfolio. Well, guys, that's why I always say investing is very difficult because it's so counterintuitive. right? When prices are best, that's when the news is the worst. And when something is way out of favor. It's when it's his best time to buy, but it's so hard to buy because you want to be right. You want that confirmation. That's why so many people get hammered in these cycles, right? Disruptive technology stocks are down like 70, 80% from their highs. Some are down that much just from Thanksgiving. But when you're investing, you think, oh, how can something that's doing so well be so bad? Well, you know what, Dad? I was talking to a client of mine yesterday about that exact same thing. She had some money that she wanted to add back into the portfolio. And she said, I don't think it's the time to do it. I said, does it make you nervous to do it? She said, yes. I said, does it make you sick? She said, yes. I said, then it's the absolute right time to be putting money in your account. And then even with all the headlines right now, with all the uncertainty, you know, if you look at the underlying data, again, a lot of the data that's been positive has kind of been swept under the rug. Like we saw this past week, we have over close to rather 11 million job openings right now and only like five, six million people in unemployment. So that just means that jobs are abundant. Wages are going to continue to go higher here. And you look at earnings on the S&P 500, they're going to be like 8 9% this year. They're going to keep growing. So, you know, it's amazes me, guys, is just like, even with all the bad news out there, if you start looking under the hood, 
there's a lot of positives and no one's talking about. Yeah. Hey, take a look at the unemployment number down to 3.8% because we came in with a huge number on Friday, 678,000 jobs created. And of course, these are being reported by the government and the government numbers do kind of move around a little bit. But that was a big, big outsized number from what was estimated. And meanwhile, you're starting to see COVID cases drop dramatically. So the economy is truly going to reopen, especially in places where you guys are in Philadelphia in New York, where people have been shut in. They're ready to get out and party like it's 1999, maybe. I think what Bob's really saying is they never close the economy in Florida. It's been business as usual for a long time. And now the rest of the country is following suit. And you do see it here in New York. I mean, last week we had unseasonably warm weather for like two days. Now it's like 20 degrees again. And you saw so many people out and about because the restrictions were just lifted. And you can just feel those animal spirits in the air. And you've got the American household right now where wages are going up. People have more money in their pocket than they did before the pandemic. And I know people are still struggling out there, so I don't want to discount that. But on the overall right now, people are better off today than they were before the pandemic and their wages are going up. So even with the higher prices out there, what we're seeing is a consumer that can handle the higher prices because they want to spend money. This is very, very bullish. Hey, guys, that's why investing is so difficult because the market's always climbing this wall of worry. And, you know, the headlines are NATO, the headlines are Ukraine, headlines are inflation right now. But once everybody feels good about that, they're not going to wave a flag saying it's safe to invest because there's going to be new concerns. And that's why it's so difficult to stay invested and to invest in the face of all this trouble. Well, you know, Dad, going back to something you said earlier about the fact that, you know, people have a lot of cash, a lot of money in the sidelines. I did a review with a client of mine last night, and they had an enormous amount of cash in their accounts. And again, same example, scared to death of the market, scared that things aren't going to go back up, waiting for that right time. The right time is now. Well, I'll tell you why it's now too, is that when you have an inflation number that's close to 8%, you know, you just can't sit in cash. I don't care what the conventional wisdom is. It's more critical than ever that you get a return on your money. And I mean, look, for all the volatility right now, you know, the question always is like, what market is getting hit? Because not all markets are getting hit, Bob. I'm like, but you just said, I mean, technology, growth, all the things we warned you about on this podcast are getting decimated right now. But if you look at old school value stocks, right? Berkshire Hathaway is up this year. It's in positive return. Our value portfolios are barely down for the year. Of course, those commodities finally are uh, just going through the roof right now. And what it comes down to is you've got to have a portfolio that addresses a lot of issues and cash just doesn't do that. You know, that's a really good point, Ryan. And, you know, Chris, if you look at the markets over the last two months, they've been filled with tremendous buying opportunities, right? You mean, take a look at commodities are up 36% year to date, right? You have pipelines are up almost 20% year to date. We just got a dividend that analyzes at 6 to 7% in cash flow. So there's been tremendous opportunities. But the problem is, and this is where we all have a hard time investing, is great prices don't come with good news. Bad news creates opportunity. So, it's almost like you're rooting for the bad guys here because you want to get better opportunities and you're, you're reinvesting your cash right now. Well, and that is the cruelty of the markets, right? I mean, the harder it is to invest, the better the opportunity. And human nature, we're just inclined not to want to get in when there's lots of uncertainty. But like you said, Bob, you don't get good prices with good news. When everything feels great, the world looks clear ahead, very peaceful, then the market's already too high. So you've got to embrace this volatility right now. It is a very scary time. I don't want to discount that at all. But as an investor, as someone who has to get a return on their money right now, you know you have to start thinking pragmatically. And that is you need to invest your money. You need to compound your money. And there's plenty of great ways to do that right now. Don't miss the opportunity. Opportunities like this don't last very long.
Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 75, Pain Points of Wealth. We thank you for your support. We literally have over 70,000 downloads. We've been crushing it because you keep listening. If you like our content, love our content, please give us that five-star rating. Give us a like. If this is on YouTube, and click that little notification bell. The subscribe button is going to be updated every week of all our new content. If anyone else could find some value from listening to our podcast, please forward it to a friend. Thanks for the support. Hope you're again enjoying episode 75. Give us the love, five-star rating, like. We really appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, it's the tipping point. This is where we pinpoint the pain point. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. So Bob and Chris, with the thousand or so families that we manage at our firm, pain capital management, that billion dollars or so that we have under management, is we spend a lot of time helping people with their goal setting. And you know, one thing that we spend a lot of time thinking about is how to help people articulate and really envision what they want with their life, their financial independence. So I think we could talk a little bit today about just the psychology, the things you want to think about when it comes to creating your own financial goals and making them realistic and making them achievable and really the process that we use to help our clients come to the conclusion for what they want, financially speaking. Well, you know, guys, when it comes to the pain points, I mean, this tipping point, this is absolutely the most important pain point there is, is achieving financial independence. It's a very personal thing. And it's something that you have to understand what it looks like for you. And it's not a rule of thumb. And it's not what your neighbor's doing. It's what your financial independent picture looks like. And that's a great point, Bob, because one of the dangerous things you can do when it comes to financial planning is keeping up with the Joneses. Now, I'm definitely enamored with Chris's lifestyle. You know, he's always on vacation. He's always sailing. He's going, always going on trips. But I realize I'm not Chris, you know, and they're not the same goals that I have. And I think it is important to think about first and foremost is like having that peace of mind, right? Like you don't want to have to worry about your finances when you're financially independent. You want to be on the golf course getting sweating it, looking at CNBC.com all day with what your stock prices are doing. Like that's counterintuitive to creating what we would call financial independence. Peace of mind is like number one. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, your peace of mind means that you have a really boring lifestyle like Ryan, where you don't go on any trips and you don't have any fun, but that's okay, Ryan. That's completely your choice. You know, in all fairness, Chris, you are racing your sailboat this weekend. So that's great to hear. But you know, it's kind of like planning's the same thing, right? You're going to be sailing your boat in seas that you can't control. You can't control the wind. You can't control the temperature. You can't control what's going to happen when you got to make the turn. So what you can control, right, is being ready, is being prepared and meeting your own expectations. So when it comes to investing, it's not about worrying about what's going on right now, right? You have control over not having to worry when you have yourself positioned to the highest probability of achieving the goals that you set out to achieve. Well, I like that sailing analogy, Dad, but another great sailing analogy is, and the reason it's so important to have goals is that when you're out in the water and you know where you're going, it's a lot easier to navigate those rough seas and those rough conditions. Yeah. And right now is a perfect example of that because it's so easy to think, I want to go to cash and I just want to wait on the sidelines to things calm down. And the reality of it is, you know, we've been talking about this today, is just like, you can't afford to sit in cash, right? Inflation's at 8%. So if you want your money to grow over time over inflation so you can live off of it, like you can't afford to sit in cash because again, when the seas are calm again, if we're going to keep using these wonderful sailing analogies, then the opportunity's already missed, right? The tide's already risen again and you missed that opportunity. So keeping your eye on the prize is like another way of looking at that. But right, having those clear goals is so critical because you won't stay invested, Bob. And I know back in the 80s, when you kind of developed this process that we use today, you, know, you really went to that goal-based type of allocation because you realize that's the only way you can keep people invested. It's not about keeping people invested, about keeping your emotions under control, right? You're getting from point A to point B. Hey, guys, when I was your age, I could take all the risk I needed to or wanted to. Didn't matter, right? Because over 20 years, everything's going to go up. 
But now, you know, I get a little gray hair, getting a little closer, you know, I'm on the back nine as opposed to the front nine and I have a lot more money at stake now. So I, it's simpler for me not to look at my portfolio. Go, oh, wow, I got tons of money. Let me take more risk and gamble and roll the dice. It's like I can look at it and say, hey, I don't have to get hardly any return and I'm set for life. I mean, I just think that peace of mind, the way it controls your emotion by having an evidence-based portfolio based on your goals. And as time goes by, if you're successful in investing, you can reduce the risk. If you've accumulated wealth, you can reduce the risk. Why take risk for the sake of taking risk? Well, that's right. That saves you because it's almost like what's your why is this kind of like common thing you hear all the time when people talk about like the meaning of life. What's your why? What's your reasoning? So I think you have to know what's your number when it comes to being financially independent, right? So it's more about like, what is your lifestyle going to look like? What are the things that you want to do? Not necessarily like we said before, Bob, what your neighbor wants to do. But once you establish you need 20000 a month or 10000 a month, really, how much money do you really need? Because the worst thing I hear, and you guys probably experienced this too, is someone calls me and says, I want to make as much money as possible. I want to get my money to grow. I'm like, that's idiotic. That's a stupid way of looking at things, for lack of a better way of saying it. Well, it does. It protects you from all the fads, right? It protects you from putting money in cryptocurrencies, from putting money in SPACs. Like, oh, I want to put my money in a SPAC. Well, I hear they're going to make a ton. Well, what if they don't, right? And what's the history of that? So it makes it so much more simple because now you can have a boring, consistent, repeatable strategy where you can sleep well at night. And I got to tell you guys, at my age, sleep is huge. I mean, I love it. If I can sleep, I'd rather have that than anything else right now. Bob, you always slept like a baby. No one could eat more easily take a nap on demand than you, Dad, when we were growing up on that couch on a Saturday afternoon. Correction, right? That's a power nap. You know, another thing, guys, is like, are your goals realistic? Like, for example, I recently met with a client and they're my age in their 40s and they don't have a ton of money put away and their goal is to be retired by 55. So after running through the projections based on what they're saving, I said, look, you know, you're going to be able to retire at some point, but 55 at this point, based on what you're saving, what you have seems a little unrealistic. I'll tell you what's realistic right now is people are living a lot longer. I mean, you take a look at the actuarial tables, what's happening now. If you're 65 years old, there's a good chance that you or your spouse are going to live to 95 to 100. It's amazing the longevity that's going on. If you retired 55, you've got to have an enormous amount of money to grow you know, net of inflation, net of your expenses, net of taxes. It's really kind of unrealistic. So I'm thinking, Dad, you could work for at least another 20 years. Oh, at least, at least. I'll be retired for a while. That's my goal. But no, but seriously, let's think about it. If you retire 55, that's like 40 years in retirement. That's like half your life could be in retirement based on actuarial tables today. And if inflation doubles every 20 years, so like whatever you need today, double it over the next 20 years or every million dollars you have today said another way is only worth a half a million dollars in 20 years. Like you have to be so smart about growing your capital and not screwing it up. Because that's the other part. You know, let's just say you get your money concentrated in tech and growth stocks and you get a huge sell-off like we're seeing today, well, that could take you back years to get to your goals. That's why it's so important, again, to spread that money out and not just have like an all-or-one solution. Because people say, well, I'm younger now, I can take more risk. But what happens is you take way too much concentrated risk and you get yourself further behind the eight ball, which is kind of cruel, which is only pushes your financial independence out even further. And that's like happens all the time. We see it all the time, people. You make that mistake. Well, you guys know the secret sauce of investing, of achieving financial goals is compounding. And here's the problem. If you spend the money, there's nothing to compound. Bob, Chris, and I now have a collective 75 years helping individuals just like you with your planning and investing. This is all we do every day. This is all we think about. 
Anything you hear on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially literally at any stage of your journey, whether you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we're addressing those issues. But if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement and you want a more hands-on approach, you want to see where you are with your financial independence, we literally do every week, we do free financial plans if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement. No other firm does this work up front. We'll go through everything. We'll go through all of your investments. We'll build you your own personalized financial portal, and we'll hone in on every financial issue you have. We're going to look at income. How are you going to build an income plan for your financial independence? We're going to build one for you so you don't run out of money. Factoring in inflation, cost of living going up. We're going to look at diversification. Are you sitting with way too much money in cash? Trying to figure out what to do with your money, or did you get hit hard here because the markets have sold off big? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. So many investment products in the financial industry have high fees. We're going to show you how to reduce them on those insurance products, annuities, mutual funds, and we're going to show you how to optimize your portfolio for taxes, money saved in taxes, just as green as any money you can make invested. Go ahead, go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, you want that full review, see if you qualify for a free financial review, go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan to see if you qualify for a free financial review. All right. It's the hidden facts of finance, random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. All right, Bob, Russia is the world's third largest producer of oil at 11%. Saudi Arabia is number two at 13%. And the good old USA is number one coming in at 20% of all oil production. We're still number one in the world, even with everything going on right now. I'll tell you what, that's a big change from where it was 40 years ago, but because of fracking in the Permian Basin, we found out we have as much in reserves in the Permian Basin as all Saudi Arabia, and that's just oil. We've been the Saudi Arabia of natural gas for the last 10 years. So we should be energy independent. I hope Washington will start to listen. All right, Chris, we always like to put a little music facts in here. So 35 years ago this month, you two released The Joshua Tree, great album on the way to becoming the fastest selling album in UK chart history, spending nine weeks at number one in the US and has gone on to sell over 25 million copies worldwide. That's a lot of sales. Yeah, that is a lot of sales. And actually it was one of my favorite albums growing up, especially the song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It sounds like a lot of uh, people we know that don't have financial goals. Wow, that perfectly ties in today's show. But I have to admit, I'm not a huge U2 fan. You know, I just, I don't know. Bono with those sunglasses. I'm just not a big fan. He actually sold more records in Ukraine than you did, Ryan, with your band. Actually, that's debatable. I'm not quite sure, Bob. We'll have to go to the numbers. All right, Bob. In the six months following the onset of World War I in 1914, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell for more than 30%. The war basically grounded the business world to a halt, and the stock market closed for six months, the longest period on record. The Dow went on to go up 88% in 1915 after it reopened, which remains the highest annual return ever on record. Well, there's a couple of things here to unpack, right? First of all, the great oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, always says, don't put a dime in a stock market if you can't handle it being shut down for 10 years and not looking at it because you'll be tempted to trade it because the market does go up over time. And again, in 1914, we had a 30% decline followed by an 88% rally which just shows you every dip in history, every dip in your lifetime in the stock market has been temporary and the new highs have been inevitable, right? Just like now, we had new highs in January. We're having a dip, a correction. New highs are coming. I just don't know when. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, look, in the optimistic view of this is at some point we get this war resolved in the Ukraine, who knows? Stock market could just skyrocket here. So hopefully cooler heads will prevail and we get some negotiations and we get some peace in Eastern Europe. Chris, the Russians actually showed up 12 days late to the 1908 Olympics in London. They were using the old Julian calendar instead of the Gregorian calendar we use today. I think that explains why you're often late, right? I think you might be using the Julian calendar yourself. But in all seriousness, I think the Russians' timing has never been great. They should probably just stay in Russia. Yeah. Well, guys, this is the best Tuesday I've had in a while. Oh, wait a second. (laughs) All right. Another great show. Thank you again for your support. Episode 75. Hope you enjoyed it. Please give us some support. We'll keep doing this podcast. If you give us a support, give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Leave us some comments. Let us know what you want us to talk about, what financial topics you'd like to hear. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, click the like, click the subscribe button, and that notification bell. You can be updated every single week of all our new content. That's it for this week's Pain Points of Wealth. Stay loose and keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to the Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully, you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at bebullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management. Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.